Good evening. Welcome to Theology Live. Welcome. The only thing I think about when I start this show is don't say, okay, which is what I always used to say. Yeah, you've done it like got three weeks in a I row. I got three getting... solid, no dramatic yeah. okay starts. Hey, we got, you know, it's Christmas season around here. So we got people on vacation out of town, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So we have for our second week in a row, running the ones and twos, Stan Vitus, everybody. What up? Hey how guys. you doing? How you doing, Stan? Everyone's I'm gone doing on pretty vacation, good. man. I Everyone. have a Christmas joke. Can you tell it? Yes. Okay, go ahead. Is um, it good? Yeah. Is it worth my time? Yeah. Okay. I think oh, wow. so. Uh, Adam was asked, what holiday is your favorite? And he said, it's Christmas Eve. Oh, my gosh. No? Th- that's the whole joke. <laughs> You know, normally people getting fired or not is conditioned upon like likes received and stuff. I feel like in this case we need to make an exception. Uh, put a put a like in the. <laughs> go ahead and like this video if you like that joke. If you li- no, dude, we want the video to get likes. Actually, people might love that joke. It may be their type of humor. I I usually like the type of humor that's funny, <laughs> but. People may like that type of humor. Isaac's actually famous for thinking almost nothing's funny. Yeah, it's very hard to to make me think something's funny. And that was not funny. That's true. Although I I still liked it, but I think it has more to do with the fact that I like Stan than that I liked that joke. Stan gets a lot of courtesy laughs based upon that. You like like him as an individual, which is not everyone right a big chunk of the population maybe for some excluded. reason um <laughs> but they it's like they give him that courtesy laugh just yeah. a little courtesy oh man it's kind of good dina oh, alice eric welcome now we we should jump in pretty quick because we actually have a too huge much amount stuff, of stuff a lot of stuff so last year around christmas time we did a christmas special it was a broad q a we talked about a number of things related to christmas um and, and we touched on for part of that episode the kind of supposed pagan origins of Christmas. And we barely yes. got to scratch the surface. And the truth is every year, many of you I'm sure are noticing this already. If you're active on the internet every year, like clockwork memes, videos, yeah. snarky tweets, mm-hmm. inc- news broadcasts, everybody starts repeating something that is so ubiquitous at this point that it's just like common knowledge mm-hmm. that Christmas actually got its or what you laughing at me for saying ubiquitous? Well, we were talking about the word <laughs> ubiquitous kind of being ubiquitous. Did we? Yeah, this week, I think. Is that, a, is that the example I used of a word that you shouldn't use? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, this is, uh, I'm, we're five minutes let, in and I Let already, the record note, I tried to. You to, did. You to did. I just know in. you too well. I was, I was like, like, I did something that's make it. Isaac's smiling. And as we've just covered, he doesn't think anything's funny. Which means he's only smiling yeah. because I have yeah, done something yeah, embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, there's a ubiquity to the ubiquitousness. Oh, is, of, that, is that the plur- plural? It's not, it? it's not the plural. <laughs> it's the adjective. <laughs> there is. No, it's an, that's ubiquity is a noun. I don't know. Somebody who knows grammar, get on there. I, don't, I only know big words, not how to use them correctly. Now, all over the place, which is what ubiquitous means. Yes. Okay. It's c- claims repeated year after year mm-hmm. that Christmas gets all of its traditions, all the stuff you love about Christmas actually has its roots in pagan yeah. pre-Christian pagan tradition. And like I said, that is so commonly repeated that it's basically common knowledge at this point. People go, well, everybody knows. Yeah. Um, and 
sort of like we did with Halloween, we just wanted to dedicate a whole episode to doing like really looking as deep as we can into, is that true or not? And we'll, you know, we'll at the end talk about the kind of the most important question, which is, would it actually matter if it were or not? Is it true? If it is true, does that matter? If it does matter, what should the Christian response yeah. be? Should Christians celebrate Christmas? You know what I was thinking about how ubiquitous this actually is, <laughs> is people say, oh, Christmas is, it's just taken after a pagan holiday. And I think there's people, and we might need to define this, there's people who don't even know what pagan means. Yeah, that's a good they point. They just immediately go, oh, that's pagan. Well, what's pagan what's mean? What's pagan mean? I don't know, just probably some stuff that they did back and, in the and day. And that's a good point just in general for kind of like apologetic approaches and even just like talking to your friends to try to sharpen each other's intellect mm-hmm. is the magic of a, a follow-up question is incredibly powerful. What do you mean? Define your terms. What do you mean by that? Yeah. Or, what do you mean by pagan? Well, it's a pagan, it's a pagan re- yeah. religious, which, which one? Yeah. Where did you learn that? Mm-hmm. Like that kind of, and not in a combative way, but just like as a, as a first question, that's what I was, that's what I said on the Halloween episode too. If like someone says, well, Halloween's pagan, we shouldn't celebrate it. It's like, what, what yeah. makes you think that? Where do you, where'd you learn that yeah. from? Cause it's a little weird. The word pagan back in the day, it could just mean something as simple as someone who wasn't worshiping the God of Israel right? in certain periods in history. But what it broadly became, became used as, is what, when, when people say a, is Christmas pagan, they're referring to the religious practices of people who believed in say the Roman gods or, or the Greek gods or whatever yeah. set of gods your people came from, but it wasn't the God of Christianity. Yeah, Typically it means polytheistic and or animistic mm-hmm. religions that worship multiple gods that worship, um, you know, gods of nature and creation. And just to be clear, like with everything, um, if there were experts on ancient paganism or mod or people who practice modern paganism, they would definitely take issue with how I just defined that. Yes. But, uh, broadly speaking, and with that in mind, it's, it's about often pre-Christian, but sometimes coexistent with Christian mm-hmm. religious practices that are polytheistic in nature, often animistic in nature. Yeah. Especially that, with the Chris, especially in this discussion, we're talking about pagan religious systems, rituals, and practices that were done in the Roman era type yeah of thing. and then sometimes in like the you know druidic celtic era that's true which we that's know true. so little about so we're gonna talk about that let's start by looking at some examples of the kind of memes we're talking about pull up meme one for us there stan this says the pagan roots of christmas and this is an interesting meme because it appears to be one that was probably created by christians because it has the kind of it's citing a bible verse i mean it has a christmas tree with presents under it and then there's roots growing out from that tree which frankly look cartoonish and like they probably don't belong to that tree in the first place. Maybe that's the point. And then it's listing all of these different things, which by implication would seem to be pagan. Things like Winter Festival, Saturnalia, Mithra, Nimrod, Tammuz. And then at the bottom, it says December 25th equals the birthday of the sun god. So remember all of those things because we're going to talk about most, not all of them, because some of them I actually don't even know what the meme is talking about after all my research. But most of them we'll talk about Today, you want to pull up meme two, Stan? This is actually my favorite one because this one just plays full on mix and match with all kinds of theories mm-hmm. about pagan origins. It's the text is small, so I'll read some of it to you. It says, The reason for the season? Well, since you asked, the early Romans celebrated the Saturnalia on the solstice, honoring the god Saturn. Saturnalia consisted of days of feasting and gift exchanges. Under that, it says, The Iranian god Mithra was born of virgin birth on December 25th. Then it says, uh, I won't read all of them, but 
the one at the bottom is probably the most important one. It says the celebration of Saturnalia was too popular with the Roman pagans for the new Christian church to outlaw it. So the new church renamed the day over time, reassigned meanings to the traditions. And I wanted to read that one because that articulates. Now, the biggest problem with that meme is several of the claims on there actually contradict each other and mm-hmm. are presenting different contradictory theories about supposed pagan developments of Christmas. Um, but the point it made at the bottom is the most important one, which is basically saying, hey, look, there was this already existing festival called Saturnalia, and it was too popular among people in the Roman world. So Christians, rather than try to like say, stop doing that, they kind of co-opted yeah. those practices and tried to rebrand them as Christian. And so the funny thing is, like I said, Saturnalia and Mithras don't even work together. But I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. So let's do one more example. I'm going to show a video. Um, and this is a, an example of the confidence with which facts will just kind of be rattled off. And um, spoiler alert, when Stephen Fry, who's an atheist comedian who hosts a British kind of comedian panel game show or talk show um, that this is a clip from, when he lists this stuff, straight up, almost nothing that he says has any basis in historical reality. All right, ready? Let's do it. It's a midwinter solstice. It's a pagan festival that's been appropriated by Christianity. There is a great deal of truth in that. I'll get the points back. You will certainly get some back. It was indeed, there's a Teutonic, Celtic and pagan view that if you survived the winter solstice on the 21st of December, you have a feast to celebrate. But also, there was... The Roman god. Was it Saturnalia? There was the Saturnalia, was also at that time of year, but there was Mithras. Just the two of them were there? Well, (laughs) there are amazing things claimed about Mithras, and I'll read you some of them. He was a saviour, Mithras. Incorrect. Sent to earth to live as a mortal. No. Through whom it was possible for sinners to be reborn into immortal life. He died for our sins, but came back to life the following Sunday. No. He was born of a virgin on December the 25th in a manger or perhaps a cave. No. Attended by shepherds and became known as the light of the world. No. He had 12 disciples with whom he shared a last meal before dying. His devotees symbolically consumed the flesh and blood of him. No. Because Mithras was a sun god, he was worshipped on Sundays. Maybe. Is he a tribute band? (laughs) (laughs) We can stop there. Maybe. He goes on. There was one maybe, which is that maybe he was associated with the sun. Because there's a title that Mithras sometimes has um, that a lot of, of Roman gods got at different points which was that he was the sole invictus, the unconquerable son. But that's a very common, and that's, that's the part that has nothing to do with Christmas anyway. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just a really important example to start this conversation that just because someone says something confidently and just because you've heard something said by a lot of different people does not make it true. Literally nothing other than that thing about Sunday, which... Yeah. Just to be clear, the reason I said maybe is because he was maybe associated with the sun, but there's no historical record whatsoever of him being worshipped on Sundays. Nothing. So literally every fact he gave, there's no historical basis for any of it. No. No historical record older than the 20th century, which is like, you know, yesterday in the eyes of history. So just a general statement here at the top. Many, many claims that associate pagan gods and Jesus are either dramatically exaggerated or straight up made up. So when he says virgin birth, 12 disciples, resurrection, attended by shepherds, born in a cave, you'll hear claims about those things like 
associated with all kinds of different religions, Egyptian religions, all kinds of ancient religions. We talked last year about there's a famous book called the, what's it called? The 16 Saviors? 16 Crucified 16 Saviors? 16 Crucified Saviors. Um, that some people will use as a source, even though it's very, very recent, 19th century, and like panned by every serious yeah. historian of the antiquity. Even the Wikipedia Wikipedia article will say like, yeah, modern scholars serious contend with scholars them. do not like this. Also, there's no sources cited, and yeah. so just be skeptical, Christian, when someone makes these claims. And again, just politely ask for evidence for them. Yeah, and one of the the important things is to remember is oftentimes people will quote something that they read, but they don't go back and try and find primary orig- original sources. And that happens in a lot of things. Yeah. So one of the, I don't know if we've talked about this before, but even sometimes with preachers, like someone will read in one commentary, one issue, and then all of a sudden this thing just gets repeated and repeated and pre- repeated. And if you grew up in a Christian church, grew up in Christianity, you've heard this illustration like 10 times and it's accepted as fact. It's like, no, dude, some dude just invented that in 1875. Yeah, the oldest reference we have is late 19th century, but everyone thinks it's true now. Yeah, the best one, of course, is, uh, and I think we mentioned it maybe like a year ago, is just the whole... The eye of the needle. Eye of the needle, the camel. Um, it's harder to get to heaven than for a camel to go through the eye of the needle. And someone basically said um, that, mid, it, it, that the, the city walls back in the day would have a little entrance for the animals to go in through, but the camel would have to bow his head to fit through. Yeah. They have to get on its knees and it was called oh. the eye of the needle. Yes. And so everyone that has been, chances are you've heard that at some point and there's just, that's not true. There's like maybe one small entrance on like a medieval like city. Medieval castle like <laughs> structures where there was a place for animals to go. And through. when we say medieval, we're talking about over a thousand, a thousand years. years after the fact. So let's talk on that note. Let's talk Mithras first because Mithras gets thrown out all the time. You want to throw up meme three for us, Stan? This is one we've talked about before. It's very, it's very common. It's a, it's a yard sign that was big three or four years ago, I think. Probably longer ago than that because post-COVID, have you noticed? You say, times the, yeah. you add two or three years to times, everything. Time's messed up. It says Mithra is the reason for the season, happy winter solstice, and then an advertisement for atheistsofflorida.org. So on a Christmas season, an atheist organization made these signs and put them everywhere, making the the assertion, not even an argument, yeah. that this is actually about Mithra. And that actually, not to go down a rabbit trail, there are so many rabbit trail dangers because I read way mm-hmm. too much about all this stuff this week. So you're going to have to stop me. But people interchangeably talk about Mithras and Mithra. Mm-hmm. So that said, Mithra is the reason for the season. And, but then they're presumably thinking about the Roman god, Mithras, which is not the same deity at all. There's a Persian god. Um, it's complicated because there's some overlap. People it, would, there's th- like three views. Yes. Some that there's zero, they're 100% different. Some that there's a little bit of continuity, but that little bit of continuity can't, it's yeah. not substantial in any, in any way. And then the third one would just be like, well, it's not even continuity. They just kind of jack some things. And that's what seems to be the case is that because the Mithras cult in first century Rome and, and right around that time was kind of like a secret mystery cult. And so the whole idea was if, or the theory that I am partial to is that you take this old ancient yeah. deity from Persia and kind of like you imbue it with all this ancientness and yeah. and power. Sort of like the, a lot of neo-pagans do. Because back in the day, people thought if something was older, right. it was better. Yeah, man, we could and, use a little bit of that. Uh, yes. <laughs> Where modern people, it's always newer is better. So even just like if you hold to 
a tradition or a traditional understanding. It's like get with the times yeah. rather than thousand years ago, 2000 years ago, they're trying to tap into something even older. Yeah. So there's a quote from Dan Brown, author of the Da Vinci code. Oh who, man. He writes novels, but they're, you know, they have all these overlap with history and kind of like a mythologized history and he gets treated, he gets taken far too seriously. He's yeah. a novelist, wrote very popular. Sort novels. of like how Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles takes place. In New York City. Like sort of like in New York City. It's about equal. It's about as close to the true first century world. (laughs) So he said, the pre-Christian god Mithras called the son of God and the light of the world was born on December 25th. And you can find quotes like that all over the place. And here's the thing. You're going to hear me say this a lot tonight. There is literally no evidence whatsoever Mm -hmm. to support that idea. There is no association with a festival or feast of Mithras that took place on December 25th. Nothing. He's never called the son of God. He's never called the light of the world. There is no primary source. We should define that term probably too because we keep using it. A primary source means a source that is from the actual time of the claim being made. So a primary or close to it. Mm -hmm. So a primary source would be an inscription that refers to Mithras as the light of the world or the son of God. Or a letter from one Roman official to another saying, we just finished the festival of Mithras on December 25th. There's nothing remotely You're not reading a historian's take on a source that they use. There's nothing that even ever talks about him being born at all. And sometimes what's important to note is because someone will find something. So you look at, look at, there's there's some parallel here. And oftentimes it'll be something from 6th, 7th, 8th century. And actually the influence has reversed itself. Clearly this mysterious cult-like practice is trying to copy something off of Christianity that's now been well established for several hundred years. We'll see examples of that later, but you're you're 100% right. The only, the funny thing is the only date we have for Mithras is how complicated this deity is, is Mithras is also in modern Zoroastrianism, completely different religion than Roman paganism. Mithras is a, a deity in that religion, mm-hmm. and he is sometimes associated with July 16th, which is not December 25th. And not only that, it's not at all clear how far back that goes, and it's a completely independent religious tradition, and it's the wrong date. Mm-hmm. So, again, nothing, there's nothing that com- connects Mithraism to Christianity or Christmas at all. And um, we know basically nothing about Mithraism because it was a mystery cult. It was not widely practiced in Rome. It wasn't a big popular thing. Now, here's where people start to get that idea is because, and you heard, you heard this word get used by Stephen Fry in that video clip also. People conflate Mithraism with Saturnalia, mm-hmm. which was an actual feast day, feast day or, day or period of days that took place around the winter solstice at the end of December in Rome. So we'll, we can transition to talk about Saturnalia, but just know Mithras, Saturnalia, two completely unrelated things that have absolutely no overlap whatsoever. This, despite the fact that you want to pull up uh, number four, Stan, this is a quote, this one blew my mind because this is an interview with a, not to be mean, but so-called historian on CBS. Uh-oh. This is an exact quote pulled from a CBS interview. And it says, you want to pull it up? Uh, I'm sorry, you had, you had the right one. It's the text block. Yeah. For those who can't read it or who are listening to the podcast, which by the way, we have a podcast of this. It's on Spotify and iTunes. It's true. Wherever your podcast needs are met. So the quote says, in ancient Rome, there was a feast called Saturnalia that celebrated the solstice. What is the solstice? It's the day that the sun starts coming back. The days start getting longer. And most of the traditions that we have that relate to Christmas relate to the solstice, which was celebrated in ancient Rome on December 25th. Incorrect. So when Christianity became the official religion, in a sense, in Rome, they were able to fix this date. 
There's a little discrepancy about it, but there's no question, which sort of contradicts itself, but there's no question that the fact that it was celebrated in Rome as an important day with gift giving, candle lighting, and singing and decorating houses really cemented Christmas on December 25th. So again, it's so bad that it's like, we know that on these days, people would, there would be Santa Claus. Right. And he would go there <laughs> and he'd be drinking Coca Cola. Yeah. Because in, the in ancient, ancient sources Rome. tell us they loved Coca Cola and Santa Claus would deliver. Yeah. It's Except like, in that quote, you at least said ancient sources. That's true. I mean, this is a historian and there's not, and I, you can read the entire thing. And there's a video of, of the interview also. And I watched it and listened to it and I was like, who is this guy? And why he hasn't cited anything. He's just making assertions. Um, and so there, let's kind of separate some fact from fiction because if there is a contender for a pagan holiday that seems on the surface like it might be the basis for Christmas, it's Saturnalia. It's that one. Um, my card's on the table. I still don't. And it, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I don't think there is a connection, but it's the closest thing we have. Now, there is a feast of the god Saturn. Um, it might also be a connection connected to the winter solstice, but that's actually not 100% clear either. There's nothing in any primary sources that make that connection, but the time of year would imply that. Um, important, like you've, as you've said, it's important to note that like pretty much every culture looked up at the sky and found significance. Yeah, at the winter solstice. Totally, the the it's the shortest day of the year. We have yeah. the the dawning of like new life and things. And they're not they're, they're not copying each other. No. they're all just looking up at the same sky. And they all had the exact. The, you know, a metaphor I've heard for this is um, somebody talked about how just because, let's say, you have ten different authors all in the twentieth century who all write different books about the Holocaust. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that they all stole stories from the about the Holocaust from the first one. It just means they were all observing the same event. Same shared event, yeah. And so this is a similar thing where it's like every culture ever has celebrated. And by the way, as a side note, I'll probably say this again later too, every party and festival ever involves decorating and giving presents. Mm -hmm. So just because a festival might involve giving people presents does not mean that Christmas was copied from that festival. Um, so yeah, here's the other thing. That historian on that interview said it happened on December 25th. That we know from primary sources is not true. It happened on December 17th. Mm -hmm. Now, the date range changed a number of times throughout history because it got so popular that there were points where it got extended all the way to the 22nd or maybe even the 23rd. And then emperors would try to rein it back in. Yeah, but then then you're already on Christmas Eve Eve. Yeah, you're still two days off of Christmas. Those people knew how to party, man. <laughs> they they don't mess around. But it was never. It never went to December 25th. Again, not that that would be a big deal. It's just an example of somebody says it, it happened yeah. on December 25th, but it actually didn't. Um, there is never a single mention throughout all of Roman history of any festival being celebrated on December 25th in association with Saturnalia or any other pagan cult. Now, again the comparisons between the practices like, oh, there was candle lighting and gift giving and et cetera, et cetera, um, decorating. They're either greatly exaggerated, the significance of them. Yeah. So like I said, gift giving, gift giving is associated with all kinds of festivals. And by the way, didn't become associated with Christianity or Christmas rather until like 200 years ago. Mm -hmm. So the early Christians didn't steal gift giving from anything because the early Christians didn't give gifts on Christmas. That's very recent. We can talk more about that later. And then there's other things that are just completely made up. So you'll see claims. Now, really quick, because yeah. that's important to note. That's, some, that's bad news, Stan. Because uh -oh. if you want to be like a legit OG Christian from the early church, no more Christmas presents. You know what I mean? That's good news. I've been telling Noel that, Noel that for a while. Because <laughs> you, give, you give bad Christmas presents. <laughs> Noel, I can't, give you, I can't give you presents. That's pagan. That's pagan. 
Yeah. That's what they did for Saturnalia. And it comforts Christmas. you because you're wondering why you never get any Christmas presents. You're just surrounded by legit OG Christians. Yeah, man. that's why. It's not because no one likes you. I gave all my other Thanks. friends presents, but it wasn't. It was because they don't They're take paganism pagan. that seriously. Yeah. So other ones are just completely straight up made up. So you'll see like people say they brought fir trees inside their houses. Not a single reference to that. And, and again, I'm not straw manning. You can find people saying these exact kind of things. Um, you know, they decorated their houses with evergreens and brought in pine trees. They decorated their houses probably. There's some references that imply yeah. that, but that's very normal for a festival. And no, nothing that implied that trees are coming inside the houses or anything that specific. Um, and yeah, so you don't find gift giving until like widely practiced until the 19th century. There are some things associated with St. Nicholas that started happening yeah. in the 15th century, but it was, it was more like charity. And if you gave gifts yes. to your kids, they were small things. But what we do now is not, and we said this about Halloween too, it's not a product of Christianity or paganism. It's a product of Western commercialism and materialism. Yeah. That yeah. They we're, we're just like seeing all the products and created the holiday so we could buy each other presents. Yeah. You get me, I get what you want, but you better give me what yeah. I want. And we're going to wrap it in shiny paper that we also pay for. And um, yeah, so, so all that stuff finally, and this is really interesting. This is one of those things that kind of like sneaks by unnoticed, but it's a really, um, Oh, Tom Drake's running us at 1.75 speed to catch up which with how fast I talk is incredibly dangerous. I sound like 1.5 normally. So, okay, this is super interesting. And stay with me because it, on the surface, it might sound like it's not that important, but it's su I think it's one of the best arguments against Saturnalia being co-opted by Christians. Imperial Christianity. So when you get Christians kind of in charge of the yeah. empire, they don't appear to have been trying to replace Saturnalia at all because for years and years and years, after that, a hundred years after that, mm -hmm. both of them are being practiced side by side. Time. And so, you know, that kind of like claim that just gets made off the cuff that, well, you know, they needed to replace Saturnalia and they wanted people to stop celebrating it. If that was the goal, they did a terrible job because for a hundred years, we have references to both. Even when Christmas moves to December, which our first claims for that come in the middle of the fourth century, we see Saturnalia referenced in those exact same documents. There's a really interesting... Um, ancient document called the chronography of 354. Mm -hmm. It's basically like a rich guy hired somebody to kind of compile all important Christian dates up until that point. It's the first place where you see the mention of December 25th associated with Christmas. Um, but there's, it also talks about Saturnalia still occurring in the middle of December. Mm -hmm. So in other words, if Imperial Christianity was like, we were going to crush Saturnalia yeah, by we're gonna stealing outlaw it. this, take it, can baptize it and move forward. They're both being practiced for a hundred years at the same time. Um, so, okay. One more quote about Mithras because I forgot to read it and I think it's really important. I read a bunch of quotes from people who you shouldn't necessarily take seriously. Here's a quote from Peter Gainsford, who is a classicist and a PhD scholar of Greek antiquity. Somebody who's qualified. Okay. He says, Christmas has nothing to do with Mithras. He's not a Christian, by the way, just to be clear. Not a Christian. He says, Christmas has nothing to do with Mithras, neither does Christianity in general. The supposed similarities are all imaginary, made up out of thin air, mostly in the 1990s. Dang. That's Peter Gainsford, who is an actual, legit class. 90s kids ruined a lot. They, they did. They really did. Lee Pipes. Yeah, that was a bad, <laughs> that was a bad era, man. You remember Lee Pipes? I do remember them. They were like ultra ultra baggy pants but they were like tubes that were like yeah pipes. and shorts that were like 
basically pants. Me and Drew Dowler, maybe you can help because you bridge the gap between how old I am and how old Drew is. Drew is way older than me. Way older. Super and old. Um, almost as old as Stan, who is yeah. almost as old as Kevin. Who can actually, Kevin could bear witness to the historical claims we're making. That's true. Because he, he was, was there to observe the festival. His pagan for his pagan grandfather celebrated Saturnalia. Yeah. That's so, true. so Drew and I were comparing Jenko jeans and Lee this. Pipes. Yeah. Similar, right? Yeah. yeah. Probably like a, one's a Toyota and one's a Ford or oh, something. So like that. I was wondering if one is Christmas and one's Saturnalia. Okay. So did the Lee Pipes supplant Yeah, which Jenko? came first? Because I never even heard of them, but Lee Pipes were awesome when I was a kid for like the you, one year that they were awesome. You, you, yes, you thought they were awesome. I did think they were awesome. I still kind of low-key think they're awesome. Should we bring, I feel like if there's anyone on staff who would wear Lee Stan. Pipes, it's Stan Vitus. Stan could totally rock them and get away with it. In fact, I'm going to buy you a pair. I will wear them. Okay, good. Make sure they're colorful. They, they are. They had like bright green <laughs> they stitching did. sometimes. They'd have like the pocket normal would be green or orange yeah. or something. Stan would love. Oh, the obsessive gardener. Welcome, man. Good to see you. Now back to Pagan. All right. Christmas. Back to Pagan. Sorry. All right. Now, so that's Saturnalia. So in, based on all the evidence we can find, it's a giant urn for Mithras being the source of Christmas. Giant urn for Saturnalia, yeah. which I actually, like I said, thought was the best contender. If, yeah. Now, you heard Stephen Fry talk about December 25th being uh, associated with Mithras because he's a sun god. Yes. Now, here's, here's where people get mixed up and mix multiple things together. There is a legitimately old document from the 4th century that talks about the birthday of a god, a very mysterious god, we don't necessarily know who he is, named Sol Invictus. The issue with Sol Invictus is that's a name that's associated with multiple gods because it's actually a phrase that means unconquerable sun. Yes. Sol Invictus, undefeated sun. So... It's kind of mysterious. But can also refer to the sun god as a deity. Totally. Could be one deity or a or like a an attribution to a different mm-hmm. deity. So there's something that talks about the birthday of Sol Invictus being on 1225. And so that's there's some confusion because that has some similarity to one of the titles from Ethros. But here's the thing. This is the giant like like ruiner confound of that whole idea and that whole argument. The document that mentions that is the chronography of 354. Mm which is also a document that says that Christmas is celebrated on December 25th. Meaning, at the most, two things are both being celebrated on December 25th, but it's impossible to make the claim that Christmas took its date from Sol Invictus because they're they're happening at at best at the same exact time. Um, And this is actually one of those things where, you know, generally you're going to get, you said this earlier, Isaac, but you're going to get claims that like, Christianity stealing from this, et cetera, et cetera. But a lot of the time, the stuff that's being associated with it is actually way, way later and is either independent or more likely stole from Christianity. That's the case with a whole bunch of Yule stuff, a lot of kind of pagan solstice celebrations. The oldest stuff we have for kind of the, because that's, you'll also hear these, there's ancient Druidic Yuletide pagan stuff. Here's a, here's just a general principle. When people start talking about Druids, (laughs) they don't know anything about them because the Druids didn't write stuff down. Mm-hmm. So they existed. They did all kinds of creepy pagan stuff. Probably. Yeah. We have no idea. They didn't much. It was not a writing culture. So a lot of that stuff's later and, and either those things are not attested at all in primary documents or they're attested later than Christian things and oftentimes in Christian things. And here's the deal. 
That's 354. It's there in the name, chronography, chronography of 354. There is at least one document that's 200 years earlier than that that talks about Christmas, Christian Christmas being celebrated on the 25th of December. And that leads to the question that, that I think, you know, this is where we can really start exploring whether this actually matters for the Christian or not. Why December 25th for Christians? I'll ask you, pastor with a doctorate. I don't know. Was, don't Je- was Jesus born on December 25th? No. No. Almost certainly Almost not. certainly not. I'm open to it, but almost certainly not. Almost certainly not. Now, this is what's interesting, because that, you know, leads to the question, well, why then celebrate Christmas on December 25th? Yeah. And if, if they're not stealing it from a pagan festival, which, by the way, just to, again, cards on the table, it's very possible that that's part of the motivation for that. Yeah, and we'll get to what that means later. Yeah. But yeah. the answer to this is actually kind of not as, it's kind of kind of lame if you think about it. So there's a tradition yeah. that Jewish prophets died on the same day they were born. Yeah, and, that, and that's a Jewish tradition that gets carried over into early Christianity and not, not universally. It's no. not like a lot of church fathers don't mention it at all. Um, some do, some don't. But the idea is that if you're, it's not just the, it, you're, you, the prophet dies on the day that that prophet is conceived. So the day you come into existence. Is yes, the same, I'm sorry, I said yeah, born. You said born. You die the, the math is important here. Yeah, and this is, this is where we yeah, get to December 25th. I, I, I miss, yeah, that's right. And here's what's interesting. This is an example of how you just keep researching stuff. I read this whole thing last year when we talked about mm-hmm. Christmas, and I was not at all convinced by it. This year, I'm like 90%. I'm convinced that yeah. this is actually why Christians do. Yeah, But it's actually pretty convincing because there's some very old attestation to this. So December 25th is nine months after March 25th. So if Jesus was conceived on March 25th, then December 25th would be the day he was born. Yes. And because he... <laughs> yeah, Why would that. they think he's born on March 25th? Because he died on March 25th. We know the time, the date of his death. So just to be clear, Christians who are listening, the only thing we actually know with some certainty is that Jesus died on or around March with 25th. This date. We don't know... That means he was conceived on this date. According to this... Yes, according to according this, to this uh, one tradition. Belief. So nine months from that... Would be December to, 25th. Now, and... The people who initiated that might have not even believed that that tradition was true. It could have been something along yeah. the lines of, there's this point. old tradition, we're trying to figure it out, we don't know exactly where to put it, but I like, hey, yeah. this is cool. And the reason why I like what you just said as a theory is because there's no like big significance attached to the date of Jesus' birth for like 200 years at no least. No one is going, dude, we have to get this right. We have to the pick the crumbles. date. No one. I mean, the earliest thing we have is from uh, 205, which is very, very early. It's Hippolytus of Rome. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a mysterious, sometimes called a church father, sometimes not. There's there's arguments that it's not clear at all if this is true, but that he's a disciple of Irenaeus, who's legit and very early. So maybe, but early, early church father who did write about Christmas. He didn't call it Christmas, I don't think, but the the birthday of Jesus being December 25th, specifically because of this belief Tradition. that the the prophet dies on the day he's conceived. Now, what's kind of interesting that that connects to is that in Jewish thought, March 25th was also not, I shouldn't say in Jewish thought that broadly, according to some, there is a stream of thought within it, right? That, that, that was also the day that the earth was created initially. So there's nothing in the Bible about so that. So you could totally see how people like are going, Oh, this is totally cool. Dude. This is good. There's multiple traditions. The, the earth's the made on the 25th of March. Then Jesus is conceived on the 25th yeah, of March by the Holy spirit. And then he dies on the 25th of March, you know, when he's 33. And so that would mean, 
almost tangentially. It's not even the most important part of that theory. That's a little smirk coming. Well, from tangentially? Stan, hit can I say tangent? Hit the button, man. There's a button for this. says tangentially? You keep using the word. I don't think it means what you think it means. <laughs> I just wanted a reason to hit that. You just Stan. wanted it. You wanted to yeah. give him a softball to I, press I wanted, the button? I wanted Stan to have some... some yeah. So tangentially related to that, there, so, so here's the deal. Maybe, and there does seem to be some early evidence, and, and I, I want to be as skeptical and self-critical as I would yeah. ask our opponents to be. So I'm saying it's not that well-attested but there is at least one source fairly early that says this is why we picked December 25th. Yes. And it honestly makes more sense of all the data we have than the pagan theory to me Yes, um, after having looked at it in depth. But as you said, to be fair to the critic, let's be more than fair. Let's say, let's say they're right. about You're everything. right about all of it. There was a pagan festival on this day to this God. And the early church was like, well, we're going to do our own thing. And we're gonna we're gonna make yours better. And our hope is that within a decade, everybody's celebrating our holiday to our God and yeah. forgetting all about. And ours. our goal is all this stuff that you love to do around solstice will someday yeah. become something that glorifies God instead. Yes. Would that yeah, be that's bad? A, that's a more. Would that be bad? Put it. I was just like trying to punk the, yeah. other, the other one. You're like, no, <laughs> our personalities what, what, came through. What if we change these things to glorify God? And I'm still like, oh, no, bottom of the barrel, man. Like, no, you know what? We're going to give presents better. You know how you do that dumb Christmas tree thing? We're going to put, we're going to do string popcorn around it, man. Put some lights on it. Put a star on it, man. You By do the, this. Give bam. us a couple hundred years. No one will even remember Saturnalia, but they'll be celebrating Christmas 2,000 years from now. Yeah. That w I actually no longer think that's true. But, it but if it was, it's, that'd be awesome. It wouldn't no bother would me at all. I remember the likes of your Saturnalia, but in 2,000 years, children will still gather around the fire yeah. to declare Jesus God. That's Hippolytus talking, and he's going, Mithras, Mithras will only exist on yard signs made by snarky atheist groups yeah. in Florida. Yeah, exactly. Who are bitter because they live Now, that sounds all sounds pretty cool, but we still don't think that that's the case. Yeah, I think it's unlikely, but um, if it was to subvert an existing pagan festival for the glory of God would not at all be unchristian, and it would not at all be a reason for you, the modern Christian, to not celebrate Christmas. No, the mo your, it's your motivation and, right. and the intent behind it. Um, candles, like you gave the example earlier, they said candles were used in this. Every religious system on the earth since the beginning of time used fire and candles right. and smoke. Um, that doesn't make it inherently evil. Right. But if you light a candle to a false god, yeah, that makes it evil. Right. And like, is anything with any association to something of pagan origin automatically pagan? I mean, like, are Nikes pagan because Nike is the name of a Roman god? Like, yes. not at all. Oh, Next yes. example. <laughs> Pick a better one. How about astronomy? Why yeah. do we call the planets? Those are all the names of Roman deities. Is the scientific the, the discipline of astronomy like... Well, astronomy is pagan because they call yeah. it Venus, and yes. Venus is a Roman god. Monday, of course not. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah, Mo all the days of the months, June. January, June. So all of it is just, there's, we have those influences from history, and something's meaning. This is really important. We could almost do the whole episode on this if we wanted to really break it apart. Something's meaning is not determined just by its origin. That's a fallacy. Something's meaning is determined by what it is now, what it does now. And so for you... If, if you are, and we, me and my wife are trying to be really intentional about this. If the practices that you associate with Christmas, if you are doing everything you can to drive those images towards God, 
towards the birth of Jesus. And we do all kinds of stuff that people I'm sure would think is incredibly cheesy. That's actually not even a Christmas thing. Like we, my wife and daughters will make a birthday cake for baby Jesus Mm. that we'll have as part of our Christmas dinner and light a candle and sing happy birthday to him. That's not a Christmas thing at all. That's actually part of a pagan practice of birthday now, celebration. Many, that go, just Is kidding. there one <laughs> candle or no candles? Well, you can't light no candles. Because you know candles. there's that <laughs> song we listen, we listen to, <laughs> He Has No Birthday. That's right. Well, that's about, okay, hold on. We're, gonna, we're about to dive into theology proper that's beyond the yeah. scope of this thing. Yeah. Who has no birthday? The incarnate Jesus has yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's not, you're right, he's not one on Christmas. Yeah. I'll have to make sure I explain that. But you see what I'm saying? You're like, going to need to put 2,000-something candles on that cake. For just the start, girls, <laughs> start lining up candles on Christmas Eve. Yeah. But it's, it, it's just, it's an example of something that, that might be cheesy. You don't have, I'm not saying you have to do it. I'm just saying that for us, we're like, what can we do to take existing things? So if we're going to talk about presents, yeah. how can the, we, we just talked about the fact that presents don't start happening until the 16th century. Yes. So that's not a Christian thing, or it is, but it developed in medieval Christianity, not in uh, ancient mm-hmm. early Christianity. Um, and then it got, you know, talk about something getting like reappropriated, like materialist modern America yes. took a practice associated with St. Nicholas and turned it into like, how can we sell as much stuff as possible? Yeah. The, so how do you continue the practice of reappropriating it into Christianity? The bigger concern for the modern Christian is not is my gift giving and Christmas tree pagan in origin. The bigger issue is have you taken this holiday that's meant to celebrate Jesus and glorify God and kind of hijacked elements from the nativity story about the wise men, right. you've hijacked these stories just to make a new holiday that's essentially based around greed, materialism, wanting presents. And again, we give presents yeah. nothing wrong with in and of itself, but I know I, there was times in, in my life as a kid, I didn't care anything about Jesus. Just give me the presence. Right. And if I didn't get the presence that I wanted, I was sad and upset. And so you want to raise your family and, and, and teach yourself and remind yourself, this stuff is done with a greater view in mind. Yeah. And when you center on Jesus, then those things begin to make sense. Yeah, and they, and they can become increasingly beautiful the more you kind of reclaim them with the Christian narrative. And so I, I think there's, you know, and it could be, again, this sounds trite and cheesy, but it's powerful, especially for little kids that when you ta- when you give gifts and talk about gifts, what is the greatest gift that any of us have ever received? Mm-hmm. That's a very simple for a three-year-old way to tie in. Why do we give gifts on Christmas? Well, Christmas is the day that we were given humanity. Creation was given the greatest gift of all time, mm-hmm. the birth of God himself as a human being. One tradition that I started in my family to teach people about generosity and giving to the Lord is based off the tithe in the old Testament. So all the presents that come in, dad gets 10% off the top. How do you do that with like, like, so if it's a Nerf gun, are you literally going to just 10% of the time? Oh, okay. I see. I Chocolate see. 10%. Give t- I like that. Grandma gave you 10 bucks in the stocking. Dad gets a dollar. I feel uncomfortable with you being the temple in this scenario but it's, other, it's trying to teach them greater principles oh so i see it's, typolo- it's typological it's typological yeah, i'm just i'm just there <laughs> i'm just a vessel yeah so you know do practices like isaac's and really think think hard about how you are going to intent we talked about this with halloween um and we don't need to like go all the way down the rabbit hole of talking about santa and all of this stuff but i just want to encourage you think about at the very least how are you celebrating christmas with intention 
to glorify God, to have your kids know what it's about. Yes, everything should be pointing to Jesus in that. And here's like super practical, like just a practical thing that Christians can do. And I'm not, if you've never done this, don't feel bad. It's like the most simple thing, but it can, like just read the Christmas story on Christmas. Yeah. As a first step, read the Christmas story on Christmas um, out loud to whoever's there. If you're by yourself, read it out loud to your, by, your, by yourself. If you've got a big giant family, whatever it is, just at least center yourself on that story for those moments. Yeah. And make going to your church's Christmas Eve service, a part of your life's rhythm for your family. I remember growing up that Christmas Eve service at church was legitimately one of my favorite things about Christmas, the Christmas season service was awesome kid. No, it's because they gave you candy canes at the Christmas Eve service. (laughs) I just remember going like this thing needs to end as soon as possible. Well, did you open presents on Christmas Eve? I opened my presents on Christmas Eve. That's a, that's a good way to ruin a Christmas Eve service for a kid. Come on, let's go. I got presents. I literally, I'm not even joking. I remember that one year, like every kid got a full-sized candy cane, which when you're a little kid, like the real deal candy cane, that's not a little, like, I remember being, and for several Christmases after that, I was like, dude, the Christmas Eve service, I'm going to get a candy cane. Yeah. Um, So God, help me to get another another candy cane this year. That reminds me of my, my wife and daughters were making and delivering Christmas cookies to our to some of our friends and to our neighbors and stuff and um we have people we're friends with who don't like chocolate neither of them do the husband and the wife both don't like chocolate and so one of the things my wife did was she had she they were praying for everyone who's going to receive the cookies which is a pretty yeah. sweet little tradition and she asked ellie what we should pray for for this one they couple. would like chocolate that's literally what she said and she wasn't I'm joking. Board. Neither am I. <laughs> she very, with very solemnly was like, we need to pray that they will like chocolate again. That you would unbind their taste buds so that <laughs> they may experience the goodness of your creation. Taste and see. The people walk in darkness, you know? Yeah, I'm with you. Now, okay, one more thing before we run out of time. And this is, this is sort of a side note, but it's something that gets thrown in there. You saw it on one of the memes already. Pull up meme number five, Stan. This is worth talking about because it also comes up every year. Christmas trees. Are they pagan? We already talked about the fact that there's no Christmas trees in Saturnalia, et cetera. But there's another argument that in addition to those kind of spurious claims about... Is it Druids? There's Druids. When lacking historical evidence... Invoke the Druid. You know the Druids practice. The Druidic cults would. And the thing about Druids is like, maybe. We don't know. If they wanted us to know, they should have written something down. But the reason I included this meme is because this isn't actually a claim being made about ancient paganism from outside of the Christian community. This is stuff that Christians say. Christian. This is probably a Christian meme because it has a Christmas tree crossed out. Yeah. And it quotes Jeremiah 10. It says, do not learn the ways of the nations. They cut a tree out of the forest and a craftsman shapes it with his chisel. They adorn it with silver and gold. That sounds like a Christmas tree. It does. Right, Stan? They fasten it with a hammer and nail so it will not totter. And so... People say the Bible straight up says don't do exactly what getting a Christmas tree is. Yeah, I was shown this verse years ago by a Jehovah's Witness. Yeah, Jehovah's Witnesses official teaching is you and they're against holidays in general, but they specifically say and many and, and many evangelical Christians yes. as well say Christmas trees are pagan, the Bible says so. Now again, there's from a historical standpoint, we'll look at that Bible verse in a second, but from a historical standpoint, any claim that says like this is uh, related to the cult of Asherah or that this is related to some people say it's like it's Nordic, like Norse people did this. Yeah. I was going to make a joke a second ago that if it's not the Druids, just 
throw it up to like Thor's people. Exactly. Or like that. Yeah. There's, there's claims that Santa was originally Odin, which we're not going to talk about that. Cause I don't got to defend that guy. He can defend no. himself. Um, but yeah, Norse, all these, all these claims. And once again, sound like a broken record. There is not a single primary source that talks about the practice of bringing trees into your house and decorating them related to the winter solstice. There's just nothing. Maybe people did it. We just have no idea. The earliest records we have of Christmas trees come from the 1600s from Germany. And there's actually a pretty reasonable tradition that traces them directly to Martin Luther, the great Protestant reformer, Mm. that he was the one who started, who had, you know, this very Christian based kind of vision of, of you know, the tr- a tree with candles in it. And we know for sure that it, it got popularized in the 19th century. Um, there was like a famous picture of Queen Victoria with her family and having Christmas oh. trees in their house. Have you seen, you've probably no, seen that picture. No, but usually that's how stuff takes off in that time period. If you see the royal house do it, then right. all of a sudden oh, sweet. everyone does it. So everyone started doing it. Now, here's, here's my favorite part of Christmas tree history. And then we'll talk about Jeremiah. The people who got the idea going that Christmas trees are pagan, most likely were the early settlers, the Puritans. Yeah. And this is what's they so funny. Like Christmas, man. They didn't like Christmas. And the funny thing is, it's usually, if you read it, there's some pagan stuff thrown out there, but it's usually not because it's pagan. It's usually because it's, what do you think? Catholic. Catholic. Yeah. That's what the Puritans are trying at that time in history to disassociate from. So they didn't like Christmas and, and there is evidence that they were like even, you know, potentially punishing or penalizing people who did Christmas practices like having Christmas trees, but it was about purging European Catholicism from Christianity. Yeah. It wasn't about paganism primarily. So I, that's super interesting to me. Um, but the most important thing is, does the Bible actually say you shouldn't have a Christmas tree? Let's go to that verse, Jeremiah 10, starting at verse three. We'll start at verse two, because you're going to see just by this, is a classic lesson of exegeting the Bible, read as bigger chunk of the section and the meaning becomes clear, right? So it says, learn not the way of the nations, nor be dismayed at the signs of the heavens because the nations are dismayed at them for the customs of the peoples are vanity. That's an intro. Now we're going to talk about what those customs are. A tree from the forest is cut down and worked with an ax by the hands of a craftsman. Now already in a good translation, that doesn't sound like a Christmas tree no. anymore. Now a craftsman is working it, right? Yes. They decorate it with silver and gold. They fasten it with hammer and nails so that it cannot move. Their idols are like scarecrows in a cucumber field and they cannot speak. They have to be carried for they cannot walk. Do not be afraid of them for they cannot do evil. Neither is it in them to do good. So Jeremiah explicitly says we're talking about idols. And it's one verse after where all of the memes conveniently stop reading, right? Yes. So it's like they take a tree down and decorate it with gold and silver and put it in their house. But it's like you, you used a translation that obscured the fact that the craftsman works it first. In other words, he's carving it. Clearly making an idol. But the best part of that was they're like, uh, they're like scarecrows in the cucumber cucumber field. That's an image that's actually all over the prophets. I remember that's in Isaiah one. Also, he tells the remnant of Israel, you're going to be like a watchtower in a cucumber field. And that's like ancient prophet way of, Punking somebody. Scarecrow in like, a cucumber bro, film, man. Hey, that's how we should start warning. Like if you've got a brother or sister who's starting to yeah. behave in dangerously non-Christian ways, you just go, bro, you don't want to end up like a scarecrow no, in a cucumber no. field. <laughs> I think it does just mean everything else around you is mowed down and you're like standing there completely exposed and vulnerable. 
but I'm a, I'm a big fan of that scarecrow in the cucumber field. So to summarize and we'll close Mm -hmm. is Christmas of pagan origin. Honestly, in my opinion, again, I'm no, no, all probably not. No. Would it matter if it was? No, no. We kind of wish it was right. So we could say (laughs) that line about they will never remember you. They won't remember me thrust unless they're reading an atheist lawn sign in Florida in 2012. But here's the thing. The reason why it's worth doing a whole episode about this anyway, even though the conclusion is basically like, yeah, it's not true and it wouldn't matter if it was true, is just to teach you, the Christian, that just because a huge number of people are saying something does not mean it's true. Check sources, ask questions, learn the the skill of just politely asking a follow-up question. Where did you learn that? And when people give you a source, dig in that source. Right. Because that source may be quoting a source that quoted a source that made it up. Like literally... There's stuff just being made up out of nowhere. Yeah. Or talk, the example we gave earlier, somebody could be like, oh, it's from this really famous book, The 16 Crucified Messiahs. And you yeah. go, oh, dang, that's scary. You Google it and Wikipedia says, no scholar takes this book seriously. Yeah. Then you can go back to that friend and be like, well, actually, da-da-da-da-da. Don't say, well, actually, though. Nobody likes a well, actually guy. We talked about that last week. It's ubiquitous. It's u- u- well, actually, guys are ubiquitous. Ubiquiti. Aren't it's they? It's like... Cacti is the plural of cactus. It's from the Greek ubiquitas, actually. Mm-hmm. The uh, so yeah, so learn to think critically um, and just check up on what people have to say, and just know the most important thing about Christmas is how are you using all of the practices and traditions that are part of your family's Christmas season to point to Jesus, to talk about the good news of the gospel, and how are you going to create and incorporate new ones that do that? That's what Christians have been doing from the beginning, and I think we should end with our tweet of the week that has everything to do with this. Nice timing, Stan. Good job, Stanley. Well done. This is the tweet of the week. Big fan of it. It's in quotes. It says, Christmas was actually originally a pagan holiday. That's a quote. And then his response is, keep complaining and we'll take Die Hard and make it Christian too. Pretty awesome. That is a uh, tweet from, from uh, the, his Twitter handle is J.R.R. Jokin. Mm-hmm. And if you are a Christian and a little bit nerdy. I 100% recommend following this guy. Speaking of the nerdiness, I kept wanting to, and I bit my tongue, because every time you say Mithras or Mithra, I just keep on thinking of um, Gandalf being Mithrandil. 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 Oh, you're right. And I kept wanting to make a little, you know. Do you? Okay, here's how we close, Isaac. Do you know what Mithrandir means in Elvish? That's a title for Gandalf the Grey. They call the elves Trick call him question. The word's actually Spanish in origin. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just hits the theme song and it ends. Hit the theme song. Mithrandir in Elvish. I don't know why I'm proud of knowing this. I think it means the gray pilgrim. Somebody can fact check uh, me on that. I, I, that sounds right. Actually, I wouldn't have, I would not have got lesson. Don't be one of those people that's like, oh, I totally knew. Oh, yeah, I just remember. I would just, don't be that person. Yeah. I would not have got that, but you saying it triggered a memory. I'm pretty I sure it's right. All right. On that note, this we Stan's have, shaking his head. That means play the music. It's origins the are in Spanish. Merry I was Christmas. Right. We'll Sam be, is wrong, ubiquitously. We'll be back in, uh, in January. Have a wonderful Christmas, everybody. 